Hey, welcome back. My name is Kevin Rhodes. If we haven't met already, uh, this is where I help leaders innovate by design. What I wanted to chat with you today is about quantitative research. So not qualitative, like we're measuring something and then determining what we, what we might be able to mine out of that, uh, the data that we've gathered, but a different kind of data that we use to reach into someone else's life and get maybe a better understanding of who they are, what makes them tick, that sort of thing. This kind of research is not the kind of research that you're going to plot on a bell curve, but that's not the point. You're not mining this kind of data to determine um, macro patterns for, per se. You're looking for insights that drive a person to do a particular thing that helps you see the world in a very different way. Here's something I learned in grad school that has stuck with me to this day, and that is data can tell you what, but it has a hard time telling you why. So we think about the quantitative data, the kind of data that you collect in a survey, or the, the kind of data that you might collect in an NPS score, that sort of thing. It is great at telling you what is, but it is really poor at telling you why. Data is also really good at telling you what is in the sense that it can only tell you what has already happened. So data, that kind of data is specifically for looking backwards and isn't always super helpful for looking forward. So we reach to this other kind of data, this qualitative data, this kind of data that again, reaches into the human experience and tries to mine out some different way of seeing a problem or different way of seeing a solution and bringing that back in as an insight that might help you determine what to do or what not to do in your product offering. So I want to give you three tips that will help you in your pursuit for mining qualitative data. These three tips have come in handy for me personally over the years, and I hope they will help you as well. The first tip is about posture. If you haven't already, check out the video I've done on how to posture an interview for qualitative data. I think you'll find that really helpful. But one of the things that I want to just call out of that and how to posture, one of the critical ingredients in posturing that engagement by the time you sit down with somebody, you're having a conversation. And that again is just emotional safety. You want to create a safe environment. You want to create an environment where someone is willing to be candid with you and, and give you the straight, hard, cold truth. So check out that video, but let me jump on over to tips number two and number three. The second tip that I found really helpful, and that is to elicit stories. So when I'm sitting down with someone, one of the things that I, that I do in order to kind of like weave through all of the social engineering that we do with each other as human beings is to get the participant in a storytelling mode. And here's a pro tip. Use this line. It's worked for me for many years. And that is when you're about to ask a question, phrase it in this simple way where you start with, tell me about a time when you X, Y, Z. Tell me about the last time that you went grocery shopping. Tell me about that experience. Tell me about the last time you went online to pay a bill. Tell me about a time when you dropped your kid off at daycare. Get, that, get the individual in storytelling mode. There's something magical about storytelling mode. It kind of puts us into a different frame of mind when answering a particular question that, that gets us away from trying to answer the right way. So I think you'll find that particular uh, line really helpful. And that is, tell me about a time when. So, or tell me about the last time. Tell me about the most recent time. 
I think I find that helpful. But here's the thing with story. If someone is in storytelling mode, we're actually, as humans, really good at telling stories. And we're in storytelling mode. We're really good at telling big stories, grand stories. We're really good at telling stories that are nuanced and sometimes truthful and sometimes maybe marginally truthful. So what can you do to help mitigate the squishiness of a story? So one way to help triangulate the truthfulness or the authenticity of a, of a story is to possibly look to quantitative data. Do the things that I'm hearing resonate or seem true in this broader da uh, data sampling? If they don't, that might give you reason to go back and take a little bit deeper dive and to ask more thoughtful questions about that particular experience that may not fit within what you know generally experiences are. So triangulate the data. If you are interviewing an individual, you might be able to reference quantitative data and you might also reference other qualitative data. Does this story align with the story that I've heard elsewhere from someone else? Maybe you need to get this story vetted by a third party, someone that may know the situation deeply or in a different uh, or from a different perspective. Find other ways to triangulate the data so you're not solely relying on the story that you heard. Story is one of the most powerful ways to collect and to find interesting qualitative data. But it can also be a powerful way to blindside you to the truth, to the underlying facts. So don't just take data at, for face value. Do due diligence to go a little deeper. So that's tip number two. Tip number three, and that's just simply hold on to story, hold on to this qualitative research lightly. But here's, here's the reason why. You are going to find, while you're doing this kind of research, things that absolutely don't make sense. And you, for the life of you, cannot figure out how or why that, that this particular insight has surfaced. That may be a red herring. It's in those moments where if you can't find how this insight fits or what to do or how to act on it, even though you feel like there's a surprise there waiting for you, a good surprise, that might be the moment to just take that idea, that insight, just put on a shelf. Put on a shelf for a while, let it stew, let your mind think about it for maybe weeks or months at a time. Maybe you can come back to it and there'll be some, something actionable that you can take from it. But hold on to, to them loosely. And again, hold on to them loosely because they're not the whole picture. They're not the whole understanding of what you're trying to get your mind around. They are insights into an individual's world. And you have to marry those insights with a lot of other insights from other stories, from hard business facts, from the sustainability of the business model, the whole deal. So hold on to story lightly. Um, there's a danger in this kind of research to... Do the research, see an insight, and be so compelled and captivated by that insight that's the only thing that you can see. And as a result, it can damage relationships if, we're, if we are not, not looking for ways to um, see how that insight fits into other our coworkers' um, work streams. Um, it can blind us to other aspects of the business and other aspects of the product itself. So just be mindful of that. Tip number three is hold stories loosely. I hope you found these three things helpful. Tip number one, posture the interviews in a way that, that promote emotional safety and candor. Candor both ways. 
And so you can elicit the truth in the words that you share. Tip number two, get your participants in storytelling mode. And tip number three, hold on to stories loosely. Hey, if you haven't already, hit subscribe to this channel. And if there's something valuable here, please share it with a friend. Thanks again, and we'll see you soon.